Hello everyone. Hello and I am praying for blessings, many more blessings for you in the name of Jesus. This is Greater Gospel Temples podcast. You can reach me at 469-629-9543. The telephone number is 469-629-9543. The email address is ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com and that's the number six, okay? 66 ggtchurch66 at yahoo.com and that's all lowercase letters it's a privilege it's such a blessing for for God to allow me to come to you bringing greetings and teaching his word is such a privilege He's a wonderful God, and I am doing everything I can to please Him and to bring great news to you from Him, from Him, because I want you to be saved and encouraged just like me. And before I get into the message, I'm not going to entitle this I guess it could be a combination of Sunday school I could say it could be a Sunday school lesson too you take it however you want to put it into your studies but the LG Parkhurst juniors Sunday school lesson is kind of like on hold even though they have some scriptures but they're not doing the full Sunday school lesson because uh, he, and I don't know, know which he it is, uh, wrote and said that due to the death of his father, then in August they plan to come back in full force. So, and I did send condolences through an email because L.G. Parkhurst Jr. is right now my favorite Sunday school commentary and it's based on the International Sunday School Lesson. And you can find that at www.ousu.com. And I'm doing the 37th chapter of Psalm, and it has several verses. And I usually, uh, I don't like to just go and do, but it has 40 verses, and I'm going to go ahead and do this because I think about your time and your attention span because I I think about my time and my attention span. So I'm praying that God will, and I know he will, help us with our attention spans and us be able to get out of this scripture what we're supposed to get out of it. And then we can relay it to others and live the life through the scripture, be encouraged and understand the scripture. So we're going to do the repentance prayer, okay? And uh, if you have not repented of your sins, or if you have repented of your sins before 
and accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and yet you turned back and went into sin again, this is for you too. You have another chance. And for those who have never repented, this is your first chance, and hopefully it will be the only chance you will need, but just in case something goes awry in your walk, then you can come back to God and do this prayer again. So just repeat after me. And I, as some people say, if you're serious, repeat after me. But even if you're not serious, just say it anyway, because we don't know what will happen in the midst of those seconds that we're talking, okay? Just say, God, I repent of my sins. I ask you to forgive me of my sins in the name of Jesus. And I accept Jesus Christ as my personal savior. And that's what you do. That's it. And then as far as the repentance prayer, that's it. You have been you have asked for forgiveness. God has forgiven you, and now you're saved. And he is putting his spirit in you. And now what you do is ask God to lead you to or lead someone to you who can lead you to a place of worship, a sanctuary, a leader. And we know how it is now because many people are not assembling like they were before the COVID-19, the pandemic situation came in full force in the world, into the world. So many people are doing it online, but there is a way for you to be in fellowship with a sanctified leader and a congregation of believers. So God will lead you. This is Greater Gospel Temple, the Church of Praise and Worship. And I gave the number, I'm giving it right now. If you want to be in fellowship with Greater Gospel Temple as a parishioner, 469-629-9543. GGT Church 66 at yahoo.com. So we're going into our scripture. Into our scripture. Fret not. This is the 37th chapter of the Psalm of David. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And this was the scripture that prompted me to find this whole chapter in the Bible. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. That's the fourth verse. Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. 
and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. They shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be, yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and gnasheth upon them with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken." A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. My goodness. The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume, into smoke shall they consume away. The wicked borroweth, and payeth not again, but the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. That's one of Elder Davis's favorites. Though he Fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. And see, you see why I said I'm going to go ahead and do this whole chapter because it's so full and so rich. Okay, so I'm on number 24 again. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. Hand. I have been young and now am old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed. Depart from evil and do good, and dwell forevermore. 
For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. The righteous shall inherit the land and dwell therein forever. The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue taketh, excuse me, the mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom and his tongue talketh of judgment. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watcheth the righteous and seeketh to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn when he is, is judged. Wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I saw him, but he could not be found. Mark the perfect man and behold the upright for the end of that man is peace. But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. That's the 40th verse of the 37th Psalm. Now let's just go back here and just talk about it a little bit. And it starts out telling us not to fret thyself. And so because of evildoers. Don't get upset. Don't stress out because of evildoers. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. We don't have any need to do that because God has us taken care of. And I want to just uh, give a little bit about that in the commentary. I want to do some commentary here. And this is the, one of the favorites, my favorite commentaries, which is Matthew Henry. Matthew Henry said, so we are here, like in the first verse, cautioned against discontent at the prosperity and success of evildoers. And it's telling us not to fret and don't be envious. He said, we may suppose that David speaks this to himself first and preaches it to his own heart. So in his communing with that upon his bed for the suppressing of those corrupt passions, which he found working there and then leaves it in writing for instruction to others that might be in similar temptation. And we, we see people doing evil Every day we hear of evil that's going on in the world, the whole wide world, even not just locally, 
not just around us locally, but we hear of evil that's going on all over the world. And he's telling us, don't fret because of the evildoers. And don't be envious against them. He said, we, we're cautioned against the discontent of the prosperity and success of evildoers. And we see people, they're driving these really fancy cars, these really, really expensive cars. It seems like they dress in the finest clothes. And some of them you see, it seems like they have enough money where they can just throw it away or burn it if they want to. Some people have wads of money and don't uh, have any uh, inhibitions about letting people know this is what I have. Have you ever seen someone who has a wad of money and they just, we, we see it on TV, <laughs> most of the time a wad of money and they just peel back so much money and pay for theirs, give these great big tips. I have nothing against great big tips, but they just show off with all of that. They're uh, selling drugs or stealing and selling people's possessions and, and uh, maybe ringleaders, people doing all sorts of evil things. They might even be business owners who are cheating people, who are gouging people and people are supporting them and they're taking advantage of the people. There's so much evil going on in the world and then also, there's evil all around us, even inside the sanctuary. There's evil around in there, but because of the presence of God and those of us who are there to worship God, we have power over that evil. And he's, even though we see it happening, we see this one having the finest clothes and, and all oh, the most beautiful shoes and all kinds of pretty jewelry and all these fancy thousands of dollars hats and they have such an awful, awful, awful attitude. But it seems like they have the world at their fingertips. Tips as far as money and possessions and all of that. But they have the ugliest, ugliest attitudes. Ugliest attitudes. They're a Highest, they're pompous. They uh, feel have a feeling of being in uh, superior to everybody else. I've seen it. You have too. All around us. I like to bring it close to home, close to home. But they do things. They do little petty things. They do things to hinder people if they don't want people to be successful in the positions that throw little things in the way and try to hinder people from do, being successful because they will get the attention and not the one who is jealous or envious, the evildoer, okay? So there's so much going on, but even when we see that, even when we witness that, we are not supposed to be... Uh, envious of them because they are workers of iniquity. See, this hits home. We're talking about the people in the world and people in the church world. I should put it like that, okay? And there's so much evil going on. Look, the Lord has told us to repent and be saved, and I take it seriously. 
Yes, we've all, every last single one, every human being in the whole wide world that is, has been, will be, we have all sinned and come short of God's glory in our lives. We make mistakes even in our lives now. Okay, but God called us out of that. And he said, if we mistake, then we can come back to him and he will restore us for that. Maliciousness is what I'm talking about. Evildoers maliciously doing something to try to hinder and defame a person, make a person look bad. We see so much of this going on in the world and in the church world too. But let me tell you something. If we know the word and don't do the word, there's a scripture that tells us that we'll be beaten with many stripes. That means we're going to really be punished more than others who didn't know the word and didn't know what to do. And those of us who do know what to do and don't do it, then there is a punishment for us if we don't get it right with God. My God, my God. So don't fret yourself. Because of people doing evil, being wicked, and all of that. And it said that, uh, in here, the commentator said, well, we suppose that David was thinking also about himself, things that he's seeing around him. And maybe he might have been tempted, maybe and maybe not. I don't know. But David had, David knew what the deal was. He was a man after God's own heart. He, after God rescued him, put him where he was supposed to be. David knows God. He's a man after God's own heart. Even though David did things that were against God because of his weaknesses, his weaknesses, but God yet blessed David. Not that David didn't reap because of the consequences. But God yet blessed him. So we're going on. So we're still on that first verse, aren't we? My goodness, I'm not, like some people say, I'm not going to bore your patience, okay? Now, now when we look abroad and we see the world full of evildoers and workers of iniquity that flourish and prosper, that have what they will and do what they will, that live in ease and pump themselves and have power in their hands to do mischief to those about them. So it was in David's time also, and therefore, if it is so still, let us not marvel at the matter as though it were some new and strange thing. It's been going on and on ever since sin entered into the world. Now, when we look within, we find ourselves tempted to fret at this and to be envious against these scandals and burdens, these blemishes and common nuisances of this earth. We are apt, being human, to fret at God as if he were unkind to the world and unkind to this church in permitting such men to live and prosper and prevail as they do. And, and people wonder sometimes, how could such a loving, 
great big almighty God let this go on when he has the power and some people will challenge us and say okay you say you believe in God you say he loves everybody you say that he has all power in heaven and earth in his hands then why doesn't he stop all this wicked but now we have to remember and we have to remind people that he is the God of the universe. He did create the world. He did create all of us. But he also gave us free will to think and do and accept him at will. He gave us a chance to be saved. We have an open chance to be saved, but he leaves that choice to us. That's the God. That is the God. That is the God we serve. So it says we're apt to fret ourselves with vexation at their success and their evil projects. We're apt to envy them the liberty they take in getting wealth and perhaps by unlawful means and in the indulgence of their lusts and to wish that we could shake off the restraints of conscience and do so too. Let's be real. Even though we're not doing it and some of us have never ever wanted to turn around and go back into the world but we see all of this going on but yet you know we have that inner peace and we know that if we just hold on if we don't have all of those riches we know that with in our souls are clean, we're sanctified, we're saved, we're made whole. And when the Lord calls us into eternity, we will have an eternal place to live forever with him. That is the major reward. But then as we go on into the scriptures, we are tempted to think, them the only happy people and to incline to imitate them and to join ourselves with them that we may share in their gains and eat of their dainties and this is that which we are warned against fret not thyself neither be thou envious now fretfulness and envy are sins that are their own punishments. They are the uneasiness of the spirit and the rottenness of the bones. It is therefore in kindness to ourselves that we are warned against it or them. Okay? Yet, that is not all. When we look forward with an eye of faith, we shall see no reason to envy wicked people, their prosperity, for their ruin is at the door and they are ripening a pace for it. Okay? They are ripening for it. They flourish. But as the grass and as the green herb, some say herb, I've always been 
taught to say herb, silent H, okay? Which nobody envies nor frets at all. They flourish, but as a grass and as the green herb, which nobody envies nor frets at. The flourishing of a godly man is like that of a fruitful tree. But that of the wicked man is like grass and herbs, which are very short-lived. You hear me? So that's where our hope and our faith comes in. We have to remember that the wicked, we see them. They're prospering. Looks like they're having a good time, just enjoying life, just going through, just having a good time. But their days are numbered. They're short. They're coming. The end is coming quickly. And see, that's why we have to really watch it. They will, they will soon wither of themselves. Outward prosperity is a fading thing, and so is the life itself to which it is confined. They will sooner be cut down by the judgment of God. See, God is still, he's yet in the picture. They will soon be cut down by the judgment of God. Their triumphing is short, but their weeping and wailing will be everlasting. That's that eternal death in hell falling forever and ever and burning and weeping and wailing skin worms and all of that oh my 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 God is a merciful God he gives us free will to accept him he gives us a choice to repent and be saved or continue in sin and be damned we have the right we have the choice now we are counseled to live a life on confidence and complacency in God, and that will keep us from fretting at the prosperity of evildoers if we do well of our own souls or for our own souls, we shall see little reason to envy those that do so ill for theirs. Okay? So here, three excellent precepts which we are to be ruled by and to enforce them three precious promises which we may rely on. Going into number one, and this is going to take in Psalm 37th and the third verse, we must make God our hope. You hear? We must make God our hope. The third verse, trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. It is required, I repeat, it is required that we trust in the Lord and do good, that we confide in God and conform to him. The life of religion lies much in a believing reliance on God, His favor, His providence, His promise, His grace, and a diligent care to serve Him and our generation according to His will. And when I pray, 
like Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. I ask God, I pour out to him, thanking him first for everything he's doing and done, will do. I pour out to him and I ask him for my heart's desire. But then I say, Lord, let it be according to your will. Because I know that if it's according to God's will, then it's what's best for me, even though I might be broken, I might be hurt if he tells me that I cannot have what I'm asking him for. But nevertheless, not my will, but God's will be done in my life. But then I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. Number four, delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Now, I believe that. I believe it, and I delight myself in the Lord because I have asked God for this is a specific thing that I've asked him for, and I'm depending on him to pull it through for me because he will do it because I delight myself in him. And I believe that he will give me what I asked for, but never or nonetheless or nevertheless, however we say it, not my will, but his will be done. So, the life of religion lies much in a believing reliance on God. And I know I'm repeating myself. His favor, his providence, his promise, his grace, and a diligent care to serve him and our generation according to his will. Now, no, it is not trusting God, but tempting him. And when I said our will, this, this, let me go just right back just a little bit. We must not think to trust in God and then live as we list. No, it is not trusting God, but tempting him if we do not make conscience of our duty to him. Nor must we think to do good and then to trust to ourselves and our own righteousness and strength. No, we must both trust in the Lord and do good. We must trust in the Lord and do good. And then it is promised that we shall be well provided for in this world. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. He does not say, so shalt thou get preferment, dwell in a palace, and be feasted. This is not necessary. A man's life consists not 
in the abundance of these things, but thou shalt have a place to live in, and that in the land, and he's talking about Canaan back then, the valley of vision, and thou shalt have food convenient for thee. So he has promised us we'll have food, shelter, raiment, whatever our needs are, he will meet those needs. This is more than we deserve. It is as much as a good man will stipulate for. And it is enough for one that is going to heaven. All right now, thou shalt have a settlement, a quiet settlement, and a maintenance, a comfortable maintenance. He said, verily, thou shalt be fed. And we can... and. Uh, Read it like thou shalt be fed by faith as the just are said to live by faith. And it is good living, good feeding up on the promises. Verily thou shalt be fed as Elijah in the famine with what is needful for thee. God himself is a shepherd and a feeder to all those that trust in him. And remember last week I did the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now let me go on here. Now, even this pleasant duty of delighting in God has a promise annexed to it, which is very full and precious, enough to recompense the hardest services. He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. He has not promised to gratify all the appetites of the body and the humors of the fancy, but to grant all the desires of the heart, all the cravings of the renewed, sanctified soul. What is the desire of the heart of a good man? It is this, to know and love and live to God, to please Him and be pleased in Him. This is so good, isn't it? Number three, we must make God our guide and submit in everything to his guidance and disposal. And then all our affairs, even those that seem most intricate and perplexed, shall be made to issue well and to our satisfaction. Isn't that something? Psalm, that's Psalm 37 and 5, which said, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring it to pass. You know what? I'm going to have to, I see now, and the Spirit is telling me, even though I, I desire, and I mentioned that I don't like to do the long scriptures all in one, I might have to, I do this in two or three parts, but I'm going as the Spirit leads, okay, because I don't want to bore you. I want you to get this in. I want you to enjoy listening to it and then get what you need from it. And also me, 
get what I need from it, okay? So I'm going on, and when the Lord tells me that it's time to uh, stop on this, and then I'll continue later on and do the other parts of it, okay? Now, we must make God our guide and submit in everything to his guidance and disposal. And then all our affairs, even those that seem most intricate and perplexed, I'm repeating, okay, shall be made to issue well and to our satisfaction. The duty is very easy, and if we do it aright, it will make us easy. Commit thy way unto the Lord, roll thy way up on the Lord and that we can find that in Proverbs 16 and 3 Psalm 55 and 2 cast thy burden upon the Lord and the burden of thy care 1 Peter 5 7 we must roll it off ourselves so as not to afflict and perplex ourselves with thoughts about future events Matthew 6 verse 25 not to cumber and trouble ourselves even with the contrivance of the means are with expectation of the end, but refer it to God, leave it to him by his wise and good providence to order and dispose of all our concerns as he pleases. Retreat thy way unto the Lord. That is, by prayer, spread thy case and all thy cares about it before the Lord. Take everything to God in prayer, believing that he will, he will take care of it. I know it for a fact. I know it for a fact. Retreat thy way unto the Lord, that is, by prayer. Spread thy case and all thy cares about it before the Lord. And then trust in him to bring it to a good issue. And with the full satisfaction that all is well that God does. With the full satisfaction that all is well that God does. We must do our duty. That must be our care. And then leave the event with God. And this is what I say. I say that I'm doing all I can to live a saved, sanctified, holy, set-apart life. I'm doing all that I can, and I leave the rest up to God. And my, I think about my attorney, Gina Pepper Smith Wilburn, who is gone into eternity now. I think it's probably been almost maybe a couple of months. And I would tell her that, I say that to her, and she did not forget those things. And so when we were in, in a case, and even how she saw how God worked things out, because I told her it would be all right, because we came across some trials with certain uh, things that she was working on for me. And then I told her, it's all right, it's gonna be all right. I said, I live the best that I can. I leave the rest up to God. And lo and behold, 
God turned it around and the came back to us, had to go through her to get to me and the whole works. God is good. I'm telling you. He said, rest in the Lord. Let God take care of you. He'll dispose of our concerns as he pleases. Retreat thy way unto the Lord by prayer. Spread thy case and all thy cares about it before the Lord. And then trust in him to bring it to a good issue with the full satisfaction that all is well that God does. We must do our duty. I know I'm repeating, but this is very, very, very important. We must do our duty, which must be our care, and then leave the event with God. Sit still and see how the matter will fall. And you can find that scripture in Ruth, the third chapter in the 18th verse. Ruth, the third chapter and the 18th verse. We must follow providence and not force it. Subscribe to infinite wisdom and not prescribe. Man, this, this commentary, this is Matthew Henry. This is Matthew Henry, okay? And I learned Matthew Henry to use it through Elder Davis. I thank God for him. He was, he was, God had him to come into my life and be in my life as my husband for 14 years and 10 months. Exactly. And I learned so much I learned so much from his, the ministry that he had, the ministry that God gave to him. He had a ministry of casting out demons and devils. He had a ministry of prophesying to people. He had a ministry of reading people and knowing what's uh, on their minds and the whole thing, the spirit working through him. I learned things like that. I learned to be more patient because he used to tell me, Sister Davis, in patience possess you your soul. In patience possess you your soul. He would tell me that and I thank God for him and I do mention him. I will never ever forget the superintendent, pastor, Elder Kelly Davis. Never forget him. Never forget him. And people in my life know that I give Elder Davis credit. I mention Elder Davis. I talk about Elder Davis, which is no reflection on anyone else in my life. People understand that. And I am so grateful because Elder Kelly Davis is a great man. He's gone into eternity now, but I still say he is a great man because his works, his works are all over Dallas, Fairfield, all different other states, Tennessee, all over the place. People know Elder Kelly Davis. How he prophesied to people how he cast out those demons and devils, how they would come forth when he would be ministering. It's just so much. So let me get on back to this, okay? Now, 
The promise is very sweet. In general, he shall bring that to pass whatever it is which thou hast committed to him, if not to thy contrivance or contrivance, whichever it is, I haven't looked it up, okay, yet to thy content, he will find means to extricate thee out of thy straits, S-T-R-A-I-T-S, to prevent thy fears and bring about the purposes to thy satisfaction. This is good, isn't it? Now, in particular, he will take care of thy reputation and bring thee out of thy difficulties, not only with comfort, but with credit and honor. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as a light and thy judgment as the noonday. My God. In Psalm 37, 6, that is, he shall make it to appear that thou art an honest man, and that is honor enough. First, it is implied that the righteousness and judgment of good people may, for a time, be clouded and eclipsed, either by remarkable rebukes of providence, Job's great afflictions darkened his righteousness, or by the malicious censures and reproaches of men who gave them bad names, who give them bad names, which they no way deserve and lay to their charge things which they know not. Secondly, it is promised that God will in due time roll away the reproach they are under, clear up their innocency and bring forth their righteousness to their honor perhaps in this world at furthest in the great day. Matthew 13, 43. Here's a note here. If we take care to keep a good conscience, we may leave it to God to take care of our good name. Oh my goodness, I didn't get to but six verses of this, but there's time. I believe God is going to give me time to do all 40 verses. So the six verses, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. My goodness, this is the 37th chapter of the Psalms. So what is telling us, even though you see all of this wickedness going on in the world today, it's just like grass. It comes up, you see, the grass is green here in the summertime, especially when it rains. But when it gets to be fall, then it starts dying and withering away. And then it stays gone for a long time until spring comes around again. But this grass, as he's comparing these wicked people, they will not come back. Their time, he's just giving us an example. They do their wicked. It seems like they have it all together, have it all made. People are watching them, admiring them and everything, but soon you'll look for them and they won't be around anymore. What happened to, and we say so-and-so, 
Have you seen her? Have you seen him? Oh, child, they've been gone. God is true to his word. He's true to his word. Don't ever, ever doubt it. God is true to his word. Now, I'm going to close this this podcast, but I'm going to do these first uh, six scriptures again in the King James Version. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. And I'm going to close out. This is Greater Gospel Temple. Look for number two, three, maybe four, maybe two and three of this 37th chapter, which is coming in the very near future. But I want to put it there so you will get it. And I don't want to overdo it in one session. I love you. Greater Gospel Temple, the church of praise and worship. And I am depending on God to let us get our edifice back up this year. I'm depending and I'm asking you to believe with me. Believe with me. Believe with me. Okay. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. 469-629-9543. GGT Church 66 at yahoo.com. Let me hear from you. Let me hear from you. Let me hear from you. And don't forget my new single, Shine, is available. You can get it iTunes, uh, Apple. There are 30-something. I know it's at least 33 different digital stores where you can get that song. I love you. Enjoy, 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 enjoy. Whether it's day, night, whatever, evening, whatever. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the blessings of God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Okay?